Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. In this episode, we are going to be taking a look at the spring equinox, or as some people call it, Easter, although that's celebrated on different days, which we will get into, or in some Druid organizations, it's called Albin Eiler, or Albin Eiler, it's spelled E-I-L-E-R. And Albin Eiler, I'll say it that way, Albin Eiler means the light of the earth. And I got a lot of this information from different sources, uh, also from the OBOD website. Um, so given this time of year for this holiday, we can see why it is called the light of the earth. So let's kind of explore all the different things that are going on and see how they're connected. So the light of the earth term, uh, of course, it's due to the date being the spring equinox. So if you're not familiar with kind of the planetary movement at this at this time, the way the earth moves, um, and where it's at in this time of year. Uh, on this date, the Earth continues to tilt on its axis uh, in relation to the Sun, where, with the North Pole and the Northern Hemisphere tilting towards the Sun. And so on this date, um, the Sun crosses over the equator. That's not what really happens. Um, the Earth's equator kind of drops below the horizontal axis of the sun, I guess, the plane of the sun. But, you know, with us being humans, we perceive things from our own uh, viewpoint. So from an earthly perspective, it looks like the sun crosses the equator. So that's the term uh, spring equinox. So uh, the equator, it is, the, the sun is equal at this time. And so what that means for the northern hemisphere is the sun crosses the equator. It's moving north or the Earth is tilting towards the Sun with the Northern Hemisphere. But what happens is it's going to bring more light and more heat and longer days to the Northern Hemisphere. So that's why it's called the light of the Earth. And around this time, um, some people celebrate Easter. So whether you are a Christian, a Christian Druid, or whether you uh, are not a Christian and... um, you know, culturally, especially in the U.S., um, Easter is a big holiday. Um, so Easter is, uh, from in Christian mythology, it is supposed to be when Jesus was crucified. Uh, he was, after his crucific- crucifixion and death, he was placed in a cave, a, bur- a burial cave. And then three days later, he arose from the dead and he escaped. And so we can see here kind of the continuation as the number three, of the, of the number three. So we talked in, er, earlier in Druidry how the number three is important, and this carries over to other spiritual practices and religions as well. So three is the three days later he arose from the dead and he escaped, and which is also uh, the number three, like we talked about at Christmas, in relation to uh, the supposed birthday of, of, of Jesus. Um, which is three days after the winter solstice. So we can kind of see the similarities uh, here between Christianity and paganism, the number three, uh, the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And, you know, this, these, these are correlations 
that the Christians brought in to help incorporate more pagan ideas to uh, bring pagans into Christian practice. So at this holiday specifically, uh, Christianity took the concepts of rebirth and renewal from the pagans uh, and then incorporated into their own uh, practices or philosophy. So, you know, if we look at spring, um, we look at the things from last year that have died and are now being reborn. Um, I talked uh, last episode about Imbolc and how this is a time of year when things are reborn and starting to, to, to renew themselves. And so this concept uh, carried over into Christianity. And so many don't know, also don't know about how the, the actual date of Easter, how it is chosen. And it's kind of interesting. So I didn't know this until I, I started my Druid studies. Um, I always wondered why Easter was on different days. And if you don't know, um, you know, we'll talk about it. But Easter is always on a Sunday. And, you know, we can look at the reasons for that. Is it the, you know, because most people work during the week and so they have the weekends off and Sunday is the day that most people go to church. So, um or is it because, you know, Sunday is supposed to be the seventh day of rest? Some people say it's Saturday, uh, you know, so the day of rest and worship. And then so that's why Easter is chosen on a Sunday anyway. Um, but how it is chosen, Easter is celebrated on the first Sunday on or after the first full moon after the spring equinox. I know that sounds really complicated, so I'm going to say it again. So if you take the spring equinox... Okay, so we know what date that is. It's usually March 21st. Um, so if we take that day, then we look, okay, when is the first full moon after the spring equinox? Okay, and then we go to that date. And then we go to the Sunday, after the first Sunday after that. So the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. For whatever reason, that's when Easter is celebrated. To me, that sounds like a pretty pagan concept. I don't know, um, you know, <laughs> if you're looking at how um, the ancient uh, cultures and pagans would have, you know, they kept track of the calendar using the moon uh, and the solstices. So there's a the, the, there's a full moon 13 times a year. So they probably after the equinox they counted how many moons uh, there were after the equinox. Oh, sorry, the um, the winter solstice. They knew how many moons it would be, and then at this this moon, okay, now we're at the equinox, and it's transitioning into spring. So it's a time of rebirth and renewal, and then this concept was uh, taken over by Christianity. So this moon, coincidentally, it's it's called the Paschal. I'm probably not saying that correctly, and I'm sorry. Uh, Paschal, Paschal, it's spelled P-A-S-C-H-A-L, P-A-S-C-H-A-L. It's the Paschal moon. So this practice comes from the original Jewish celebration of Passover at this time, uh, celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus, which then became known as Easter. Now, so where does the word Easter come from? And there's various ideas about this as well. So there's a Germanic Celtic goddess called, and I'm going to butcher it, Eoster, Eostre, Um Germanic Celtic goddess. Her, her name is spelled E-O-S-T-R-E. E-O-S-T-R-E. So that sounds a lot like Easter. <laughs> um, Eostre, Easter, Eoster. Um, but this deity was worshipped as, as a celebration of spring, and her symbols were eggs and rabbits. And 
um, a lot of people don't really think about why eggs and rabbits are associated with Easter. And this is due to their symbolism of birth and creation. So again, further kind of symbolizing spring. So if we look at eggs, um, eggs of course are you know come from different birds and it's a symbol of birth so the the egg cracks open uh, and then the bird is alive so we can look at the the idea of Jesus the um, the tomb he was buried in is cracked open and he is reborn um, in in spring the earth kind of opens up and things start coming to life and if we look at rabbits rabbits are known to uh, kind of be voracious uh, um, breeders. They they make lots of babies. So this this idea of uh, reproduction and rebirth and renewal and 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 birth. That this is where the idea of spring comes from, uh, or this holiday. So this is where the practice of Easter eggs and the Easter bunny come from. You know, it, I was thinking back. Even even as a kid, I knew that rabbits didn't lay eggs, and and I was always like, well, well why? Why is an Easter bunny bringing us eggs? I don't understand this concept. And if maybe you don't know about Easter, maybe you are in a part of the world that doesn't celebrate it. So, in the United States, uh, I, I'm guessing in other, I guess English countries, I don't know. Um, there's a, a, this idea of Easter and an Easter bunny, and so <laughs> much like Santa Claus bringing gifts at Christmas, uh, the Easter bunny supposedly comes to your house and will leave you an Easter basket and a lot of and it is it is full of commercial consumerism you know like there's commercials on TV for for chocolate covered eggs and different types of chocolates and chocolate eggs and and sweets and this kind of thing but the Easter bunny comes to your house I don't you know in the middle of the night and will leave you an Easter basket in celebration of Easter and spring so usually there's a lot of candies and and eggs and that kind of thing so there are there's also a cultural practice of doing an Easter egg hunt. Um, I I should have looked this up. I don't know where this came from, um, but a lot of people, churches and families, they do this thing where they get plastic eggs and they put little chocolates in them or or, or money or little gifts and they hide them uh, outdoors, and it's for little kids. And a lot of times they will, you know have a starting time and they'll say okay get your baskets and you have a little basket called an Easter basket and they say okay one two three go you know and then the kids run off and they try to find the eggs and whoever finds the most Easter eggs usually gets a little prize or something like that but they even do this on the White House lawn so at the you know where the President of the United States lives they have an Easter egg hunt on the lawn so if you're not familiar with these practices it's very weird (laughs) When you step back and you look at these things, it's like, what are they thinking? Where did this come from? But anyway, um, so uh, the practice, uh, going back to the the, the, the Germanic Celtic goddess, Yostre, Yoster, I'm not sure, um, the practice of worshiping this deity died around the 8th century uh, when the Jewish and Christian holiday of Passover became more widely celebrated. So uh, again, the, the pagan practices were kind of being incorporated into Jewish and Christian practices to bring pagan people into their culture and their religion to allow them to kind of maintain some semblance of their old practices. Uh, There's also a current day uh, kind of a neo-pagan, so I guess a more recent pagan uh, goddess named Ostara, O-S-T-A-R-A. 
Um, and other people use that name for the holiday. So instead of Easter, they call it Ostara. You know, they're celebrating Ostara. Um, but it just depends on your information source, where you get your, your information from, and how you want to celebrate the holiday. Um, the key thing to remember is that this date is about celebrating the return of the light, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere. So, you know, whether you're thinking of the return of the sun to the Northern Hemisphere, that light, or the return of the light of Jesus, or the return of the light of the earth with plants and animals starting to procreate and grow. It's a time of, of uh, planting seeds, preparing for growth for the upcoming summer holiday. You know, and these seeds could also be metaphorical, or they could be real. Um, you can, seeds of thought, uh, seeds of intention for the, the coming year. Um, you know, the, the, the garden where you're planting your seeds can be an actual garden, a physical garden, or, you know, a garden of your heart or your soul or a garden of your mind. So however you choose to celebrate this holiday, um, like we've talked about in Druidry there, you can do it however you want to. Um, if you can look at it strictly from a scientific perspective of where the sun is, you know, in relation to the equator and just celebrate that and celebrate longer days and shorter nights. Um, you can celebrate the coming of light uh, metaphorically, however you want to do it. But again, in Druidry, it's up to you how you want to celebrate it. So I hope you have found this uh, episode helpful. And once again, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.